miss his money line. His money line. His money line. This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Yeah, we made it. You just talking. If they hate it, you know they're watching. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Vice camera action. Hello world, welcome into Moneyline on a special, special Sunday because our guy's back behind the glass. But before we get to him, let's get to my statistician, my partner in grind at Josh Jordan 97.5 is where you can find him on Twitter. Josh Jordan. What's up, Jerry? Happy Sunday, my man. Happy Sunday it is. Happy Sunday. It's going to be going forward because we got our guy back. He's back in studio, back to rock the mic with us for the next two hours every single Sunday at Juggalo underscore Trey 48 was where you can find him on Twitter. Trey! Hey, everybody. How's it going, Um, Houston and remote parts of Canada? He's back. (laughs) How does it feel to be back, man? Um, It's pretty good. I don't know why there's this, like, surgical... uh, cap over the mic but it's okay uh you know i don't is it making me sound muffled can everybody hear me no you're good man it's a microphone prophylactic it makes you look safe if that if that (laughs) helps at all what he's referring to is uh something that we're referring to as uh, a microphone condoms yes uh these things go over the microphone these little uh, they look like uh what the doctors and nurses wear over their head exactly so either way it goes that's what the precautions we're having to take because Precautions are needed right now, and I hate to even start the show that way, but at Moneyline, hey, 713-780-3776, it's a little bit of gambling, it's a little bit of corona talk, a little bit of COVID talk, and that's what it's going to be if you want to get something off your chest, at Moneyline 975 where you can also find us on Twitter. What are your thoughts right now, guys, because it's uh, it's a little scary. It is. Uh, this microphone gets around. I might want to double bag it, Jerry. I don't know about you, but hey, look, you're going raw dog right there. Did well, you just call that <laughs> microphone a whore? A little bit. In other words, and this is the sister over here, so I don't know if that means anything. But, yeah, at this point, these numbers are increasing. I don't know what to do. Now, I know that there's – I mean, even trade, like, and I'm not saying it's right or wrong, saying, man, I hate this for a – for a disease that you know it's killing less than two percent or whatever the percentage point zero three percent of the of the people that are infected, but at the same time I'm more in the thing of uh, common sense right now. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know. If, I've I've suffered a lot of bad beats in life in uh in the gambling world. I've I've had bets where I was five ninety five percent to win the bet and lost. So using that theory, I say you know what I'm not ready to take a bad beat right now. Not with my life. No, better safe than sorry. Trey dodged it. Congratulations, Trey. Thank you. Um, yeah, I was really happy. Um, I I spent like a whole, my birthday in my house, and I was pretty miserable, but it, it was okay. I didn't have it, so uh, we're all good. How was the uh, the testing process? How did how was the, how'd you go about it? You had to go to a hospital, a doctor's office. What'd you do? I went to a free testing site in Pasadena. Um, there was a lot of people there. Oh yeah, there was a ton of people there, and um, I was waiting in line, and they gave me a cotton swab, and I had to put it up my nose, 
uh, both both nostrils and then put it in a vial, and you don't even leave your car. You have to show them your driver's license from your window. You can't roll down the window. You got to type in your phone number on a notepad to show them your phone number. It's really crazy. It's just, it's so insane. Man, we live in crazy times, Jerry. What are we going to remember from all this? Because it's just nothing is normal. I talked about it last week, how the exchange of a pizza, the, t- the delivery guy, you know, it's it's thinking, okay, no contact, contact. And then they pull out a pin and you're thinking it's like that. The, the dramatic cue comes in. Dun, dun, dun. He needs a signature. And you're thinking just sign it for me, bro. <laughs> He's like, no, this is a, right? this is a illegal. I can't do that. And just like, man, just, just sign a big tip. Like I'll tip you extra to sign for me. Please just get out of here. And it's, 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 I feel bad. I feel bad now that as soon as we thought that, restaurants were going to get going and and the bar scene was picking it back up not bad for the reason that we shut it down because i feel it's good but i just feel bad for i know that a lot of places aren't going to be able to make it no it's true i'm already seeing it around my house man i'm seeing restaurants going out of business it it sucks but you know unfortunately we didn't do this right i guess the first time so we're we're back to where we started back to where we started maybe even worse because here's the numbers over the last 72 hours new cases over the past 72 hours Everything's bigger in Texas, they say. 17,036 cases. Second place, California, and with the bronze medal, Florida at 13,000. So we have 4,000 more new cases over the last 72 hours than California, Florida, Arizona, Georgia's down there as well. So that's not the top five list you want to be leading. No, in Harris County, man, it's it's bad. I'm not surprised. You know, a few weeks ago, I went to a Mexican restaurant. I mean, it was just, you know, they're supposed to be at, what, 75 percent of capacity they were at like 150 percent of capacity we turned around and left we couldn't even get in i mean the place was just packed and you know that's probably why we're stuck where we are how long do you think what's your predictions here and i don't want to put anybody on edge it's a little bit early you know but predicting how things go here what's the next step more more shutting down or or are we going to stay here put for a while what do you think because at this point i don't know what happens here are we going to go back to essential workers i think for the next month it's going to it's going to be kind of, you know, locked down. I think people are still going to be going to work. I don't know if they can really enforce it. You know what I mean? Unless it's the governor that comes out and does it and, and he's not going to. So I, th- I think it'll be just kind of business as usual, but you know, bars are going to be closed and you know, restaurants will be at 50%. Is there anywhere worse to be at avoiding COVID? And I'm, I'm sure there's a few, but then a bar. I mean, it's, you think about it, right? There's no UV light going on. So if you believe that that kills the coronavirus, you're not getting that because most people go to bars at night. I guess a movie theater. Yeah, maybe a movie theater. That's a bad spot. And, you know, when you're drinking, you know, your mouth's open, you're kind of yelling and, and you kind of, your inhibitions, you know, you kind of don't pay attention to stuff and touch things and touch people and you know, so it, you touch it, people at the bar sometimes. I mean, that's the whole point, right? That's why you go to bars. <laughs> but, you know, everyone's that extra uh, friendly drunk. Hey, yeah, man, exactly. someone's gonna, I haven't seen you in a while or you just whatever. Those pull sticks are just just sitting there, just contaminated. Uh, I don't also don't trust the bar to do enough cleanness. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, sanita- uh, sanitation of the place for me to just say, you know what? I'm ready. So I'm not too hurt about the bars. I saw a lot of people, you know, listeners even to the station being like, man, what am I going to do now? Well, just drink at home for yeah, right now what's Let's wrong just, with that just drink at home uh it's cheaper way cheaper and like i said we have to come to a, a meeting point to where we say all right for us to go forward we need to meet right here i don't know what that meeting point is because 
it's not even so much a virus now or the unknown of. It's more of becoming other agendas of people saying, well, this is because you're politics. Right. Yeah, wearing a mask is not a political statement. It's like, dude, wear your mask. That's why we're in this problem to begin with is people weren't doing that. So let, let's just do it for a while, get back to normal. Hopefully in the next month, the numbers will go down. We can get back to normal life also in the next month. We got NBA coming back. We got baseball coming back. So, you know, hopefully in 30 days when we're doing this show, things look a lot better. And we're going to get into all of that as far as baseball coming back. What uh, what do we know now? What can we expect? The basketball scene as well. A few things have moved. There's uh, things going on in the basketball world today. Spreads for, are out. Yeah, spreads are out. We're going to get to that. But we had to touch on what's going on here right now, not just in Houston, but everywhere, because even in Vegas, they did a mandate. They mandated uh, having mask on our guy that uh, my guy lives there. And he uh, he told me he showed me videos. He's sitting there. Now, our guy Bradley, you actually know him, the yeah. one that watches soccer with, he's actually out in Vegas right now. Really? But he went, um, He first he gets free rooms at Caesar, so he stayed there once. He was going to make me that Tampa Bay Buccaneer bet that I told you about. So he's out there, but uh, he was really going out to go to the Grand Canyon or, or wherever it is that he's going. So it wasn't so much for that, but I told him, hey, take pictures of everything. I want to have a scrapbook of this for later. And just every, I mean, just the airport was bare minimum. And I bet. The, the, the craps table, it has a sign on there for example and it says like next to the dealer to, to you know space out each other and uh, his room it, it was sealed with a certain little letter that said this room has been you know certified clean before <laughs> so it's just it's just a weird it is it is weird it's like when you see the the toilets where they had the little paper thing on it you know what i mean when you check into a hotel room i guess it's kind of like that and I mean, you're not blowing on the dice anymore at the craps table. I'm sure they won't let you do that. I, I shouldn't have blown on this mic. Pray <laughs> for me if you're out there right now. But at the end of the day, we got to get to somewhere. I don't know where that somewhere is, but just a peace of mind. And right now, there's no way you can have peace of mind, even if you don't believe that. Uh, and I say believe in because, yeah, you believe that the virus is real. Now, let's, let's get past that, but believe how dangerous it can be. And you're probably true. It's probably true that I heard that Trey said that the, the, the age, I guess, brackets that it's hitting a lot of 20 year olds and under have gotten it lately so if you're a 20 year old 19 year old and, and you're pretty healthy uh, you're, or you are pretty healthy you're th thinking you know I, this isn't nothing to me and that's not what the worry is the worry is uh who you can get it to that might be in a compromised position and that's what's going to be interesting how the landscape of sports is going to move forward with this yeah no doubt about it it's and, you know, if you have it, you know, that's two weeks that you can't go do your normal business. You know, you got to quarantine and, you know, it like for us and I, we should bring this up. We haven't brought it up yet. Jerry and I are going to be hosting the morning show this week, Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday, 7 to 11. So if you're a fan of the show, you're going to get a lot more of us this week. So check that out. But, you know, just like us, if one of us got it, we wouldn't be able to come to work and do the show. So it's it's not just the worrying about getting sick and dying. It it messes up with your schedule and your regular life, too. You know what I've noticed whenever the last, I say, maybe within a, two weeks back before that, people would always ask, man, do you know anyone with COVID? Because I don't. And then now if you ask that, now I'm like, yeah, I actually do. That 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 answer has changed drastically because yes. I was thinking the same thing a, a month and a half, two months ago, and people would say, "Man, I don't really even know anyone with COVID," and I, and I was thinking, "Yeah, I don't either. I re I know somebody that knows somebody that posted on Facebook, for example, but I don't know anyone." And now, if you ask me, I know at least five, eight people, and that they, they tell me that their immediate family has it. I got one friend that he's been on super lockdown. They haven't left the house for anything like groceries. They're getting everything delivered, but uh. 
He's got multiple family members having it in different places of the world. They, they got some in Peru that have it, and they, these guys haven't been around each other. Some in Chicago that have it. So it's real. So if, imagine if your family members, different parts that live in different places have it, you start being on su- super precautious, right? Yeah, no doubt about it. That's When you start knowing a lot of people that have it, that's when it, it hits close to home. Hopefully we hit close to home. Hopefully we give you some winners because I'm coming off a winning day Sunday. Yeah, you were on fire yesterday. Man. On fire yesterday, hitting the day before, and I've got more winners for you. In the next hour and 45 minutes, we're going to drop some bombs. We're going to drop some heat. We're going to make some money, and we're going to stay COVID-free, hopefully, because we're on ESPN 97.5. ESPN 97.5 is your home for sports talk. And now we're more talk with less commercials. Are you serious? Oh, it's true. It's damn true. Houston's only FM sports station. ESPN 97.5. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline. 713-780-3776 at Moneyline 97.5 is where you can hit us on Twitter. And the squad is here and accounted for. And it feels great. Josh Jordan, our man Trey Campbell, and your man Jerry Bonos with a Z here to try to get you going for uh, your Sunday festivities. Whatever you have planned, hopefully in the plan is money. And I'm hoping to put you on the right side as we did last week. Now, the right side of Major League Baseball the uncertainty that we, the back and forth, the are we even going to play? Should we even play? The greed of the owners. That's a, a story of the past, let's call it, yep. right? That's uh, something that we don't have to worry about anymore. Baseball guy, you're back, okay? Uh, pull out your stat sheet. Time to, time to start doing your numbers again because a 60-game regular season is what is going to happen. Now, uh, the question here is, are you happy about it? What what changed your mind? Because I was thinking yesterday, whenever I was prepping for the show, and we're going to get into this, who took the biggest losses during the COVID as far as image-wise? And one of them, to me, had to be baseball, right? Oh, no doubt about it. I mean, players and owners going back and forth. I mean, it's been ugly. We didn't think it was going to happen. So the, the fact that they're going to play, I'm excited, man. Like, I can't go a whole year without the Astros. No, and that's that's a thing. You wanted it to come back, and at one point or another, you started saying, okay, because you were reading to what the MLBPA was saying, and, and they were saying, man, well, just tell us when and where. Yep. We'll be there. And then the owners kept moving the the length of the season. Is it going to be 60? Is it going to be in the 70s? Are we going to get over the 100s? Where are we going to end up landing with this? They end up landing on 60. And from what I understand here, they were going to report one week from uh, or on July 1st, actually, is when they can report. And going from there, I'd look at the odds because we are a gambling show that puts the Astros at plus 800. Yeah, they're, they're 11 to 1. You know, it's interesting. I like the Astros, actually. You know, like they've been basically to the World Series or the ALCS like every year the last few years. So you know, we, we know they have the players to do it. You know, the, the Yankees are the favorites. They're tied with the Dodgers, and they're at 7-2, to two, the Yankees and the Dodgers, to win the World Series. And we were talking about it when we were doing sports mat videos the other day. I think that edge between the Yankees and the Astros, that's the Garrett Cole factor. 
You think so? That yeah. it has to be right. And yeah. Take away from one team, add to another. Now, what's changed? The odds. If you look back in February fifth, let's take for example the Yankees. They were plus three seventy five. Now you can get them around, and it depends where you're getting it for. But now it's gone up about twenty five cents on the dollar, so plus four hundred ish. The Astros. It goes to what what you said because if you go back, they were plus six fifty. Now around that eight to eleven one range again, depending on what book. Yep. But do you these numbers seem justified to you? Do they seem real? Who benefited the most off of the time off? Because we know that Verlander was going to miss some time. Yep. Now we're seeing Verlander on social media posting videos of him pitching. Did it help us? Did it help the Yankees? Because the Yankees also were coming into the season with a ton of yes. injuries. Paxton was injured. I mean, they, they had a lot of guys that were injured, and it looks like they're going to be a lot more healthy. But so are the Astros. And I think it also helps that, you know, Verlander and Grinky are a little older, so a, a shorter season I think is a benefit for the Astros. We were worried about Lance McCullers being on, you know, pitch counts, right, because he's coming back from that Tommy John surgery. So I think it helps Lance McCullers a shorter season. I think that's good for him. And, you know, we talked about this the other day with Joel Blank. We did a sports mat video. Jordan Alvarez, he'd been basically kind of shut down in spring training. Yeah, that's what I was about to yeah, say. Yeah, he had that, that, that lingering knee issue. And now he's had all this extra time to, to get healthy and get that knee right. So I think that's a big benefit. And the other thing with Jordan is you're going to see the DH in the American League and the National League. I don't League. like that. But it's great for Jordan, right, Trey? Because that means yeah. he, can, he can play in every game. Yeah, but I'm going to miss seeing pitchers try to hit. I, that this will probably never see that again, and that's what I'm going to miss more than anything. Well, I mean, next year it, it, it's only for this year that they're you know making the DH in both leagues, so it may you may, it may go back to normal next year, Trey. I, I, I'm not sure they've decided on that, but I know for sure it's only locked in for one year. Well, you'll have a DH in the National League, so we'll see what happens. One thing that I don't want to see happen or stay permanent is the extra innings rule. Yeah. Having a man start or the runner start on second to shorten the length of games. Yeah, that's stupid. It, it makes sense for the moments that we're in right now, but if you're in a crucial game later on in the season, something that means something, and, and that's the, the predicament you're in, it's going to bring up question marks. And right now it's all good and dandy because we're in a trial and error. There's going to be a lot of trial and error in all the sports. I feel like what we have in place right now, it, 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 it's cool. But, yeah, it makes sense. But I think when we run into these bumps in the road that it's going to have with this COVID shuffle, I think that they're going to have to rearrange some things, not as far as the, let's say, the actual things that can't move, like you said, the the, um, the schedule for example we have a schedule okay now we're talking now we have a schedule we see how many times the astros will play certain teams within their division outside of division we know all that but we also know from the gambling purposes of the number 35 and a half is set do you think they could get that many wins i think they can get there i believe in this team man and they're going to be determined you know after the whole sign stealing thing like they're going to they're going to be ready to come out and show people that's not why they were winning so I, I do like it. I do like the Astros this year. The other thing to keep in mind, you know, you bring up that extra inning rule. That's kind of good for the Astros. A lot of these things are breaking for the Astros, and here's why. The Astros are having to play on the West Coast a lot, right? Because they're in the AL West, but they're not located in the West. You know, Houston's in the Central. So you're going to have to be playing a lot of road games, you know, on you know West Coast time, you know, games starting at 9 o'clock. And then 
when you do your interleague play, you're playing the NL West, you know, so you're going to be playing the Dodgers and, you know, the Padres. So there's going to be a lot of travel and you don't want a bunch of late games going to extra innings when, the, you know, the Astros are having to keep flying back to California. It makes a lot of sense. And that's what they're preparing for, trying to limit that. Now, whenever you look at the best 60 game stretch in the Astros history, well, they happen a few times, 43 and 17 I mean, that can happen if we look at the way they started, 40 and 20. That can happen. That number doesn't seem too high. I think that the team, the Astros might be getting a little overlooked. I think it's when you go up, if say outside of the Houston fan base, when you go up to punch a ticket right now, I think the Astros uh, have a, a foul taste in a lot of people's mouths. Of so they'll skip right over that. And I think that that's when you create value. You buy when people don't want to buy and you sell what people want to buy. No, I completely agree. So, and the other thing is, there's probably not going to be fans in the stands. You know what I mean? So everybody was worried about them getting booed on the road. I I don't know if that's going to happen now. Now, spring training 2.0, uh, 2.0 is supposed to start July 1st. Everyone's supposed to be reporting. Opening day, July 23rd and 24th. Man, it just how much sports are we going to have in this little period of time? Because basketball is also going to be going. Uh, football is going to be getting into, and I don't believe there's going to be preseason or, or it's going to be a limited. there'll be like two games maybe. And that'll work. Yeah. And that's going to be another thing we could get into. How many, because we know that the starters usually play the, the two, only about two games in the preseason, if that. Isn't that what people have been asking for for years? Yes. Like a shorter preseason, and now they're finally going to get it because the world almost came to an end it took the world almost coming to an end to get a shorter preseason now for teams out and i don't want to get off you know the path that we're on right now and because we're talking baseball but teams for like the buccaneers and i hear that they're doing extra workouts and brady's being extra harsh and acting like it's game time situations we'll get into that is that who does that benefit in the nfl but as far as benefiting the astros the time off that the the halt of sports, let's call it, I think that benefits them. I think the Verlander coming back, that's also a great point for them to have going forward. Now, the back end of the rotation, that's something that's going to be in question. No doubt about it. And the reason I wanted this season to happen is this is kind of the, the window closing for the Astros a little bit. You got George Springer to be a free agent at the end of the year. Yuli's in the same boat. They, they have a lot of guys that may not be back. And, you know, Verlander, Grinky are in their mid-30s. They're at least on the back end of their prime, right? So, you know, if, if you don't have Springer back next year, you don't have Yuli, you know, Josh Reddick's going to be a free agent. You know, whatever you think of him, either way, he probably won't be back. Like, this is the Astros' year. that They have one more chance. They're loaded up. This is the time to go get that one more World Series. Are you confident that Dusty Baker's the guy that you want to have in that last year? I mean... I'm okay with it. At least he's experienced, right? And he's been in, you know, MLB when stuff is shut down before. I, I think it's the the best hire they could have made because he got a lot out of the Angels rotation. And I don't think anybody you could think of anybody. Oh wait, no, I'm not thinking. I'm thinking of the Giants. They were in that World Series, but he got a lot out of that rotation. And um, I think he was the right person to take over. I've always been a big Dusty fan. He always kind of like um, embraced analytics before analytics were really all that cool he kind of he does his homework so i think dusty's gonna win manager of the year wow Ooh, bold like call there we need to look at the odds at that dusty baker manager of the year and he very well could but 
what do the how great do the Astros have to be for him to to pull that off, right? Because manager of the year, you figure he had to have done something different for this team than what they were, and it's going to be ha- uh, hard to to uh, surpass, I guess, what they did last year. Well, yeah, and without Garrett Cole, I mean, let's be honest, he's you know arguably the best pitcher in baseball. You lose that guy, you're not going to be as good. It's going to be weird, man, not having him because you just. You relied on it so much, you know, throughout the playoffs. You even, even when you, you not so much questioned, but when you saw Verlander get thrown out there on short rest, you said, you know what, it doesn't matter because we got Cole. Yep. And then whenever in that final game, whenever you saw Cole go start warming up, you said, here comes Cole, put him in, and they didn't. And that's what's going to leave oh, you don't with remind me, Jerry, bad was, memories. Oh, oh. Now you're thinking out there. It's funny because people are on both sides of the fence. I'm saying, you know what, you can't take the ball away right there from Greenkey. You can't take that ball away. I'm that me. guy. They should have left Grinky in. They, I, I first guessed that. I didn't say that after it happened. You know, I was when they were walking out to the mound, AJ Hinch to take him out. I was screaming at my television. Whoa, 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 whoa! Slow down. And it's just having Cole was such a security blanket because you, when you started planning out the playoffs, and you're saying, okay, that's going to be a win. That's a win every time we if we can win these two games. But I'm not sure, and I'm not throwing dirt on Verlander at all. But Cole was just gave me more security. If that makes sense, it does. I mean, Cole had. An all-time great year. He was unbelievable. Unbelievable is what we're going to be for the next hour and a half. Moneyline ESPN 97.5. ESPN 97.5. You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline, 713-780-3776. The Moneyline line is open right now. If you want to talk gambling, if you want to talk bad beats, if you want to talk poker, whatever your heart desires, that's what it's here for, 713-780-ESPN. Josh Jordan, Trey Campbell, Jerry Bowe knows. We're in here trying to talk a little bit of baseball now that we can say, hey, there is going to be a season. Now that we can start predicting, now we can start betting because that's what people want. That's what you listen to this show for on Sundays, trying to get a little bit of action. And now that we have the number 35.5 games over or under, you start looking at can the Astros really – over exceed expectations because that's what I look at at projections, expectations, because Vegas is usually right. Oh, no doubt about it. Like you always talk about those, those hotels weren't built because people went out there and won a whole bunch, you know, they, they know what they're doing and I'm going to roll with my Astros, man. And I like the shortened season. I, I would actually like to see, and I know some people, this won't be popular. I'd like to see baseball be like, you know, 80, 81 games. I agree. Yeah. It's too long. And we always talk about, they don't want to change it right because of stats. You know, like historically, they want stats to matter. So if you changed it to 81 games, which is half a season, then you just double the stats. You know, you double the RBIs, you double the home runs, and that would be, you know, you could compare that to, you know, generations before. You could still have a, you know, an idea of how good somebody was in their era. I just feel like the season gets so long, and I think I'm going to watch every game with only 60. You know what I mean? Like, Otherwise, I'm not going to be able to watch every single Astros game. And those games are like four hours long. That, that's a big commitment. Do you think it's a realistic possibility that we could see like a team win 49 to 50 type games and go like 50 and 10? 
it's interesting. I mean, baseball's so fluky. I think it, it is possible if you just get hot at the right time. I, I wouldn't rule anything out. And, you know, back to Jerry's point about, you know, gambling and, and looking at the numbers, this is going to be a very unique year to, to project and handicap this stuff. It is, and that's when you start asking yourself, do I need to be betting futures? Because first off, when I bet futures, I don't like to take favorites. The ones are up top because there's no value in it. Right. For example, I told you I had my friend out there in Vegas uh, that was going to place that Tampa bet. I asked him, so what, what does it look like up top? For example, the Chiefs. He's at Caesars Palace, 4-1. to 4-1 to one to win the Super Bowl? 4-1? to one? If you just wait and get to that super uh, to the playoffs if you just bet Kansas City and do a basically a mechanical parlay bet Kansas City and roll over all the betting to to the next game roll it over to the Super Bowl you'll probably make more than 4 to 1 depending on who they play obviously but if they play for example the Ravens along there the, that spread isn't going to be too big um throw in a few other good teams whoever you want out of the AFC and you can get better than 400 so then I asked well, where are the Ravens at and that's the second best team they're about six and a half, six point two 6.2 to uh, to one which again you ask yourself man that's not a great number i wanted to get the tampa bay buccaneers at 15 to 1 and they're now down to 12 to 1 oh really yeah so i started thinking you know what and i hate that you never want to second guess yourself in gambling whenever you've come up with an entire plan like i did not that tampa bay was going to win the whole thing but that i could sell out uh you know sell that ticket out whenever the playoffs came the cowboys man they stick out to me and then i guess it's just me being I guess from here, and I can't be thinking like that. In, in football, you have to have a blank mind. But then whenever it came to actually making that bet and telling my friend, hey, you know what, put put that two grand on, on, the, on the Cowboys at 25 to 1 to pay me 50, I kept thinking to myself, Am I, do I really think the Dallas Cowboys are going to win the Super Bowl? Just saying it is a lot different than thinking it because thinking I do believe that on paper they have a good shot but saying it doesn't sit right and I know I got a, I got a Cowboys fan here what uh what are our expectations this year realistically I mean let's not run away with the boat here I'd say probably 11 wins um maybe at I'd say for me the ceiling is the NFC championship but um I think that would be best case scenario but I don't know if they're Super Bowl favorites I the NFC is a little bit more weaker this year but I don't know. I I just don't know about McCarthy. You know, he he doesn't have very good clock management, and I I don't know if he really does it for me. I'm not a big fan of his either, Trey. I think the Cowboys. You know, you're going to have to outscore some teams. You're not going to be that good on defense. You know, you you lost Byron Jones, your best corner in the off season. That's a big concern, right, Trey? Yeah, it, they did get some veterans like Ha Ha Clinton Dix and everybody, but I I don't. Yeah, that's definitely a big cause the concern they're hoping that pass rush can kind of make up for the the secondary a little bit because they got a pretty good pass rush i know they still have demarcus lawrence i think they signed um mccoy yeah mccoy is one aren't one of the bennett brothers there as well um martellus it's not martellus it's the uh, michael bennett and if he could be what he was in seattle that would be good that'd be a good value pick i know they just re-signed um Aldon Smith, so they're hoping to get the whole Rolando McLean type of player out of him. So I don't know. We this this pass rush could be pretty pretty sneaky. They have some names. I mean, the names are there. It's about putting it together. I hate that they lost Byron Jones, but if we look on the offensive side of the ball, CeeDee Lamb, that's what's gonna stick out here. And let's transition to Dak and what happened with Dak. And and now that we know that he's gonna do the franchise tender, right? Yep. 
He signed. The ball is in his hands, though, in his court. We know that that franchise tender goes up significantly for a quarterback, the quarterback market within two or three years. So it's a matter of time. I, does this seem to you that Dak saying, you know what, I'll bet on myself. I'll bet on myself here, and I would be betting on myself as well with that offense because coming off the year he came off last season, coming into this season with more weapons, he's got to figure, you know what, I'll just I'll play, I, I bet on me, and I got more weapons. I'm going to show you that you could have got off cheaper because now it's going to be even worse. I agree. The one, you know, downtick, you know, Travis Frederick, your center, who's really good, he, he you know, he retired. Yeah, he's no longer with us. Um, Joe Looney is now the center, a journeyman, I believe. And how, did, center. how do you think that affects Zeke? And we, we need to talk about this, too. I had a, a thought, you know, Ezekiel Elliott has coronavirus. He came out and, and said he did. I think about that. Like, we don't really know for sure if you can catch it a second time. But if if that is true, that most people don't catch it a second time, does Ezekiel Elliott seem like a better fantasy football option knowing that he's already got it? So, you know, when November rolls around, you don't have to worry about him getting it again. I could just see it now at everyone's draft parties this year. There's going to be a COVID board, bulletin yeah. board. And it's going to have right there, and it's going to say, this guy had COVID. This guy's, but that's a good thing, right? This guy's cousin had COVID. He doesn't know. He um, got it out of the way. Yeah, but again, it goes back to do we know, or do we? what's the percentages that people aren't going to get it back? Because I've seen a few reports, and I'm not sure how believable they are, that, that in some other countries, it's coming circling around again. And that's my scare because then this is the story that never ends you know yes. this is the story that never ends um is there going to be football period though as of right now if you were if you were the betting man that you are <laughs> yeah i i think i think it'll start i don't know if it'll finish i think there's going to be football i think they'll go the whole 16 games 16 i mean games. they're just not they're going to find a way this they own sundays like they're not going to they're not going to not finish this out I, I i think they're gonna because i don't know you just can't you can't stop playing football you know there's billions of dollars on the line well yeah. you, you would have thought though you can't stop just playing sports period if someone would have told yes yeah, if someone told me let's say five years ago man there's not there's going to be a point of of in time that there's going to be this virus that no one even really knows how dangerous it is but they, they know it's spreading worldwide and sports are going to shut down i would tell them man you're crazy there's no all sports you're telling me everything's going to shut down yes bo you're not going to be able to gamble on anything other than russian ping pong is that really what you were gambling on <laughs> unfortunately yes and and these guys were playing like in gyms and and some some, some guy his mom came in in between a, a match and i'm thinking what in the world am i doing wrong with my life it's four in the morning i mean I, what am i doing here but when you're degenerate and you're uh, i guess we call it addicted to this gambling life and remember i told you no one talks about a winner uh being addicted addiction comes when people lose or they're right. in the, against the wall so i'll use addiction uh freely because if you win then I'm, i'd be happily addicted to winning but uh to be real here man it's just i don't i don't know what what happens with these cowboys because the number at 25 to one you think they can easily win that division. I would, easy. Easy. Yeah. I mean, going into last season, I thought that that they would uh, win that division and, and make a far run. When you talk about Mike McCarthy, Vegas seems to agree because as far as best coaches, you got Bilicek. I guess they're going to see – it'd be weird to see Bilicek win coach of the year, but if he does it with that, that roster yeah. after Brady left – 
And he, I mean, I don't know if we can even say make a run or make the playoffs, I guess. or I don't know what expectations are for the for the Patriots. Maybe if, if he pulls off like another Matt Castle year. Remember, didn't they win 11 games, yeah. but they missed the and playoffs? And they still missed the playoffs. Yeah. Then you got Bruce Arians, and we know why the light's on him because of the new added weaponry, right? Yep. Then you have Mike McCarthy at third overall. So Vegas is seeing him as a, a true potential candidate to get coach of the year, and he very well could because – the Cowboys have the weapons in place, and they have. We're about to see what he does with Dak. Does what's the development with Dak? Who does Dak become? Is he the player that we saw last year? Because previous years he was around the goal line, more of a runner. Now he was dumping the ball off. He uh, used Zeke in the flats more. We know that was a big focus of them last year. Who does Dak become with this, and does it help him overall long term? And I think you're going to see a lot of three wide receiver sets. Remember when it was Jordy Nelson and Randall Cobb and, you know, the Packers, they, they run three receivers out there. I think that's what the Cowboys are going to do. That's why they took Lamb with that first-round pick. Blake Jarwin? Yeah. I wonder, though. I wonder about him because they're going to run so many three receiver sets. I, I wonder if he's going to get enough targets. I wonder if we're going to get any winners here in the next hour because I got to get some money in your pocket. We got to bust your bookie up on a Sunday. And that's going to happen here on Moneyline ESPN 97.5. This is Heisman Trophy winner Troy Smith, and you're listening to ESPN 97.5. Go Bucks. is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline. Let's get over to our text line right now. Glad to have you back, Trey. Trey's got fans. Hopefully they're groupies. Hopefully you got some women on here. We don't know, but we're going to pretend. He's back, another one says. This guy says, I still haven't slept. Wake and bake Moneyline. Shout out to that guy. Um, who else do we have here? Yankees are going to mess up Garrett Cole. I hope so. Yeah. Not so much that because I want him to mess up Garrett Cole as a person, but I just I need the Yankees to fail. Yes. Yes. I'm Let, with you. All right. Right here we have uh, coming from seven one three Real Madrid game over Atlanta game over. I actually have a pick on that Real Madrid game. I'll give you that in just a second. Here's another one. Lock it in. Cowboys and Super Bowl is a certainty. Bet your mortgage. There you go, Trey. A, a, that would be great, but I I, ju- I don't know. I, I don't like it when people come in with such certainties about things that haven't happened yet. No, I mean, that that's fair. And I feel like the AFC, it's kind of really just the Ravens or the Chiefs, right? Do you feel good about any other AFC team? I, I don't. We have some uh, Twitter feedback here. It comes from Ap- Apologetic Astros fan. I'm sorry. If you had to rank baseball in your fa- personal favorite sports, where does it rank? Leave the number 162 number alone, non-baseball peers, passerbys. No, I mean, I get it. and that's But that's that's why baseball's dropped so far in popularity. They just kind of failed to adapt with the times. 
It's so. pure, though. That's it I mean, is. that's what it is, traditional guy. And you know that baseball is traditional. It's made for the traditional guy. And, and to change it, it just a baseball is such a game of runs. You know what I mean? You start off really good sometimes. You, you need time or injuries, you know, like you said last week, a 15-day DL. <laughs> yeah, you can miss 20% of the season. And you know? I think that changes a lot. A lot of times people are going to want to come back even quicker. So, yeah, uh, you're going to get that from baseball – you know, historian, he's going to say, don't mess with my game. Go ahead and switch whatever. Leave my game the way it is. It's perfectly fine. I like it that way. Now we have Lamont saying, I think the shortened season will benefit the Mariners. Seems like the last few years they've gotten off to hot starts. No chance Dallas Cowboys win 11 games coming from our sports gambling guy daily. I, I don't know. I have a good feeling they're going to at least win 11 games, especially in that weak division, like you said. But I know... The Giants made some moves on the offensive line to get better, and the Redskins have a pretty good D line with uh, what's his face. Uh, you know, the, or I'm thinking of the Giants. They have Golden, right? The Giants have Golden and uh, the other guy. You know, on the other end. Um, so I don't know. It, the, the division's closer, but um, I don't know. You never really know with the Eagles. Carson Wentz, can they keep him upright? I don't know. It, I feel like they're going to win 11 games. The NFC East has not had a repeat winner since the Eagles, and that was when they won it three straight times in that 01-04 you know, span. Cowboys, as of May 27th, became the odds-on favorite to win the NFC East for the first time this season. I think a lot has to do with the CD Lamb. Uh, you know, the expect. Okay, so who ends up as the number two receiver? Because I guess we could paint Amari as in, in, in a stats. I'm not saying on paper because we know Amari, but on stats, do we think that CD gets enough his first year to surpass the I think number it's two still, spot? I think it's still Gallup. And you got to remember, the offseason is going to be a little different. You know, how, how much time are these rookies going to get to work and learn the offense? You think we could see CD Lamb in the slot? I think he'll play in there quite a bit. And remember, Amari Cooper lines up in the slot a fair amount, too. So they'll mix and match. I just worry with all these rookies in general, like, is training camp going to be, you know, like normal? All the mini camps, like, that didn't happen. The rookie camps didn't happen. So I think all the rookies across the league are are going to struggle to adapt a little bit. This is a very unique situation. And rookie receivers, we know from fantasy football, they typically don't break out their first year anyway. That's what's scary about this because the unknown, you're not the player development that happens in football. We know the jump from NCAA football to the pros. There's a huge jump. There's some guys that don't get it. Yep. And for a player to be limited on the time that he has to come in to, to, to I guess, grow into his team, grow into that franchise. Like, what do we do with the, the Buccaneers? A team that you said you think that they're going to inherit brady system rather than going like hey we're going to teach tom brady a whole entire new system right i don't think that works i don't think teaching him a new system will work but as that i mean i we've seen spolster do it in the nba when do you take a back seat and say you know what i gotta as offensive coordinator brady you do your thing i'm just sitting here with the job title well i mean we saw it with peyton manning right when he took his offense to denver so we've seen this happen before and it's brady out there running all these you know little mini camps you know that are on the side with these players bruce arians isn't out there you know it's brady taking them through plays so I think it's going to be a little bit of a hybrid, right? I think it'll mostly be Brady's system. Bruce Arians will will sprinkle in some of his stuff, and, and they'll mix it up a little bit. And we spoke about 
do the Buccaneers actually have a real chance of making the run? Because I wanted to build that ticket with equity, and I wanted it at fifteen to one. I wanted to put two grand to win thirty, and then bet it backwards. Not that Tampa Bay was going to win, but as soon as they make the playoffs, bet against them. Eventually, you're going to have equity to make. But man, I'm the more I it moved to twelve to one. So obviously, I, that kind of maybe hit the brakes, pumped the brakes a little bit. But just the fact that this time off, it's sitting in my head and saying. Do they have enough time to become acclimated to what Tom Brady needs them to do? Because we've seen, and, and this is different than going to a Patriot system, but we've seen good receivers, big-name receivers, not get on the same page with Brady. He needs a certain type of player in the system that he played in, Patri- in the Patriots. But is that system going to be the same? How, what is Arians going to really do here? Well, I mean, he's still the head coach. And, I mean, you remember when he had Carson Palmer. I mean, th- those were good offenses. And I think we could see that with Brady. And he's loaded at receiver. And now he's got a security blanket back with Gronk. I mean, I think Gronk's going to be huge in the red zone for them this year. What about the running back position for the Buccaneers? What happens there? Because we know that the Patriots leaned on that. They did. At, at, and, and they used running back by committee. Right, they would have different guys. They would throw White in the flats on third downs. They would throw their backs that could run up the middle. Lack thereof, sometimes Sony Michelle because his uh, injury concerns. And I actually want to get to to him in a second. But what do you think happens here? Well, I mean, they took you know Keyshawn Vaughn. That's the James White. Yeah. So I think, but once again, we we talk about these rookies. You know, how much time is he going to have to to learn this offense? And, and you know what I mean. So you know, was it Ronald Jones is the other back that they already have there. So, you know, I think that, you know, he's going to get used and we'll see what happens with Vaughn. But I mean, they took him in the third round. So obviously they want to use him. I I think I'm just leaning on it's going to be Mike Evans. It's going to be Chris Godwin. It's going to be Gronk. They're going to throw the ball. And I think they're going to have a lot of success. And, you know, Matt Ryan came out this week and said that he's the best quarterback in that division, which I thought was very shocking to me because you got Drew Brees, you have Tom Brady in that division, you know, Matt Ryan and coming out saying he's the best. I mean, his numbers, you know, he's not completely off. I mean, last year, you know, he threw for about 4,500 yards, 26 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. You know, Brady was a little lower than that. Brady only threw for about 4,000 yards, 24 touchdowns last year. But Brady didn't have anybody to throw to. You know, Matt Ryan had Julio Jones, and, you know, look at Drew Brees. His numbers would have been a, a lot a lot higher, but he only, what, he started 11 games last year, you know, because Brees was hurt for a while. So I don't think Matt Ryan's there yet. I mean, I don't, I just, I don't believe in the Falcons, do you? Don't their defense suck? Yeah. Yeah, and that's always been a problem, but injuries were a big problem to that defense. Their best linebacker and their best defensive back both went out for extended time. It just... Hasn't Matt Ryan, they've always drafted for him, it seems like, right? Every year it seems like he gets another weapon, or last season they drafted, what, two two linemen um, the first round? They yeah. always draft for him. They It seems like they move things around. Offensive coordinators, when they had Shannon, they've, he's had a lot of things throughout that tenure. Now, as far as fantasy, yeah, he's very good. I mean, he's a top five, six guy every single year, and you can bank on that. But for him to come out and say that, I mean – I don't think he believes that for himself. I don't think he's talking fantasy. I'm think, I think he's talking just period. I, I mean, how tone deaf is he? Uh, do you remember that 28-3 to 3 Super Bowl? Yeah. You're coming out and saying you're better than that guy that came back and beat you? Yeah, that's kind of a bit of a, a, of a stretch. But, 
I don't know. That's, that team kind of reminds me of those old Saints teams where Drew Brees would throw for like 6,000 yards and they would allow like 54 points a game. Remember those teams? Yeah, with Meacham in them. Yeah, and, and then Drew Brees had that one random game where he threw seven touchdowns and Eli threw like six. You know, speaking of the Saints and the, I guess, success or lack thereof, because it seems like every year the, the Saints are contenders coming into the year. You paint them as contenders. They might have a little bit of holes here and there. As the season progresses, you, you think, man, they got a chance. And as soon as they get to the playoffs in a game that they always should win, boom, they go out. I hate to think that that's what we're going to remember this team, the, the, the Drew Brees, I guess, era as. But in all reality, man, they've choked a lot. Don't, don't get me wrong. They've had their moments, but they've choked being the, as good as they've been over these years. It's not like they're a mediocre team that barely slides in. They win divisions. They get in there. They win double-digit games, and then they get to a game where they're favored by seven, ten, nine points, and then they lose. It's just it's just weird to me. Do you yeah. think Drew Brees will be kind of remembered as a choker should he not win that second Super Bowl? If he didn't have all the records— you know those not all the records, but the big ones that he has, then then maybe. But I think those records are going to surpass what he actually did as far as winning. Yeah, and he was bad in that Vikings game in the playoffs he was that terrible. they lost. This you year. remember how they lost it? I mean, it was him. That bad interception he threw down the field. I it, mean, he it, he cost him that game. It was Kirk so Cousins unlike them. Outplayed him. Yes. Now we're going to get to the Saints as well because we want to touch on this division since Matt Ryan says he's the best. And I want to see what you think about Atlanta. I want to see what we're going to think about the Teddy Bridgewater experiment. I think I want to see what you think about the next hour, guys, because we got an hour left. My big game's at 1230. That's why I haven't given it to you yet. Don't worry. It's going to get there. Get that barbecue pit going because we're on Moneyline ESPN 97.5. Baby, great sun kiss. The truck go miss 550 snow, buddy. ESPN 97.5.